Second reading is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 to 24, and can be found on page 1188 of your Pew Bible. Final instructions. Now we ask you, brothers, to respect those who work hard among you, who are over you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers, warn those who are idle, encourage the timid, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always try to be kind to each other and to everyone else. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything. Hold on to the good Avoid every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Some years ago now, I was uh, visiting some people on one side of quite a large town. I was in the car, not the bike, just for those who think I might have done it on the bike. But I drove. It seemed while I was just leaving one person that I ought to go and see Mr. and Mrs. Mitchell, who lived quite a long way away. And it seemed as though God was asking me to go there. So I drove there with difficulty parked the car which is why I turned to the bike some years later. Went in and they welcomed me. They were regular members of the congregation which I was pastoring and uh, it was a joy to get that welcome and tea and the sorts of things that we ministers uh, because you know, we get a bit tired of tea sometimes. We get so much, we have to look for loose stops. But we were talking together and somehow or other the conversation came round to the subject can I be sure I'm a Christian? Can I be sure I'm a Christian? So while I was there and we talked for some while, I began to share with them some very basic things I felt. This couple demonstrated the love of God in their worship and service in different ways, but they weren't sure that they were saved. 
So I shared with them the promises in the word of God. Where God says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive your sins. Jesus saying, I stand at the door and knock. If you open the door and let me in, I will come in. The promises of God's word. I shared with them about the work of Christ on the cross, that he had done everything necessary for them to be saved. I was able to point to their lives about the witness of the Spirit in them already. We carried on and we shared and prayed together. Mr. and Mrs. Mitchell were never the same again. Once they knew, they were saved. Even their daughter was so amazed at their change of behavior and attitude that she wrote to me to thank me for that. I'd not done it. God had given them an assurance. They knew they were saved. And so Methodism emphasizes that particular fact. All need to be saved, all can be saved, and all can know they are saved with an assurance and a confidence in God, Father, Son, and Spirit. Yes, I know there are pig-headed arrogant people who claim to be Christians so that they can be self-righteous and point the finger at everybody else. That's not the sort of assurance that I was talking about or Mr. and Mrs. Mitchell displayed in the following weeks and months. Some of you may know this quotation from the journal of a well-known Anglican priest. About a quarter before nine, while he was describing the change which God works in the heart through faith in Christ, I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt I did trust in Christ, Christ alone for salvation. And assurance was given me that he had taken away my sins, even mine, and saved me from the law of sin and death. The journal entry shows that actually on that day, He had heard Psalm 130, which he started the service with. He'd heard from Romans, and this man explaining Romans, the word of God he heard. The witness and work of Christ he heard about. And he was given an assurance that he was a man forgiven. Have you had that assurance? That's what God desires for you. I did trust in Christ, Christ alone. I felt my heart strangely warmed. The true Christian assurance is not based on my ability and how wonderful I am. It's based on the word of God, the work of Christ, and the witness of the Holy Spirit that we are indeed sharing in the salvation that Christ has accomplished for us. It's that quiet confidence in Christ that enables Christians to become in modern terms, change agents. As I mentioned earlier, some say John Wesley and his preachers saved the UK from a bloody revolution because of how they influenced society in many, many ways. That second reading highlights this. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. Make you holy in every way in your life. A big prayer by the Apostle Paul 
in 1 Thessalonians. The Living Translation puts it like this. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. The end of the Christian story, of course, is heaven with the streets paved with gold. I still remember Red saying to me, you know, Andrew, we're going to have an awful culture shock when we get to heaven. When after the imperfections of this world and our failures, we're with God in perfection. So Red said, look, we better do something about it so we're not shocked as much as we think. That is what Christian holiness is about. Being prepared to walk those streets of gold in the presence of Jesus, to walk with him as God did with Adam and Eve in the garden. We need to prepare ourselves. We need to hope, think about that culture shock. Whenever I've gone abroad, I've always done a lot of reading up to find out about it. I've contacted friends who've been there to discover as much as possible so that when I arrived, I wouldn't be so shocked. It does help having a son who's worked abroad quite a lot. He can help me. Culture shock. Last month, I was reminded of an old saying relating to this theme. God loves us and saves us as we are. As the old hymn puts it, just as I am, I come to thee. But also, Jesus loves us too much to leave us as we are. Jesus loves us too much to leave us as we are when we come to Jesus. There needs to be a change. We need to be transformed. We need to be different. We need to be growing in fruitfulness, as Jesus hinted and the Apostle Paul did. I find it very interesting that when I'm talking to people who, who are out there in the world, sometimes they say to me, well, Christianity is just a business of living the Sermon on the Mount. Very simple. And I chuckle and I think, have they read that verse in the Sermon on the Mount that says, Jesus speaking, be you perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. I don't think Christianity is just a mere matter of doing the Sermon on the Mount. There's a challenge there. It makes us feel uncomfortable. That's what Jesus said. Those of you who know your Old Testament know repeatedly, be holy as I, the Lord your God, am holy. Holiness is not something just for heaven. It's to be lived out in our lives. Now, Claire and I have got in our lives uh, to the point where we're looking back and there are some people who stand out in our story as people who shone with the glory and the love of Jesus. They were holy people. Some of them very ordinary. Not talking lords of the manor, more like the, 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 the mere boy in, on the estate, shining with Jesus. That's the invitation. That's the challenge. And God's word directs us and the Holy Spirit is given to cause holiness in our lives. My father said many years ago that he was welcoming the move of the, of the Holy Spirit in the country. But he said, I'm looking for the holiness of life that comes from that. John Wesley stressed that you can be saved to the uttermost. Not a word we use nowadays. All people need to be saved. All people can be saved. 
all people can know they're saved and all people can be saved to the uttermost 24-7. In the factory, in the garden, in the shopping queue, at the bus queue or the tram queue. That we are to be holy people. A challenge. What does it say to me? God loves me too much to leave me as I am. He wants me to become a, a change agent. So I'm glad the men of the church are looking at the organization LICC in the coming months because that's concern is to live for Christ 24-7. And what we do here on Sundays is supposedly to help us live for Christ 24-7 that the light of Jesus might shine out through us in a way it's never done before, that we might see God at work. So what is my future? As I think of these four emphases, seeking to grow more like Jesus. What holiness is, to be transformed into his image. What's yours? The lights of all need to be saved. All can be saved. All can know they're saved. All can be saved to the uttermost. What's your response to that? How are we going to leave this place? The change in times upset people a bit in August. The change in time in spring and autumn always upsets people as well. Someone arrived once an hour late and said, oh, is the service ended? I was told, no, the service is about to begin as you go out those doors. Let us pray. Gracious, almighty, holy God, we rejoice that you love us so much, that you want to change us in this world for the better. So we're doing all those things that Paul listed in that Thessalonian reading about getting on with each other, about being holy. Lord, it makes me feel uncomfortable when I read these things and I'm challenged by them. Grant that God's people may reflect the love, the grace, and the holiness of God and bring glory to Jesus. Amen.